Good morning, New York Mets and Major League Baseball fans. You are listening to an all-new edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am Alfred Parsar, Jr. Today is Thursday, June 17th, 2021. And here on this program, we talk about any and everything New York Mets. On today's program, we're going to discuss the current series against the Chicago Cubs. We're going to talk about the upcoming schedule with all the doubleheaders involved. We're going to talk about Jacob deGrom and the potential injury. And then we're going to get into the sticky substance ban that's sweeping across Major League Baseball. Uh, So first things first, the New York Mets entering today are currently in first place in the National League East with a record of 35 wins and 25 losses, which is good for a win percentage of 58%. The Mets have won three consecutive games in a row, and they are 8-2 in their last 10. Trailing them are the Philadelphia Phillies, who just broke even last night, by defeating the Los Angeles Dodgers. They have 33 wins and 33 losses, so they're hitting at 500 on the nose. And they are five games behind the Mets. The Atlanta Braves in third place at 30 and 35. Uh, They are seven and a half games uh, behind the New York Mets. They're tied with the Washington Nationals. And then in the cellar at 29 wins and 39 losses are are the Miami Marlins, who are 10 games uh, behind the New York Mets. So everything looking good here in the early summer for the New York Mets. Again, they are in first place. Uh, Currently, since we last left you on Sunday, the Mets have started a four-game series to close out the current homestand against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, That series started on Monday and continues through today, which is Thursday. Uh, The Mets, three straight wins against the Cubs coming into this series. Uh, The Chicago Cubs were a team not to be taken lightly. They were tied for first coming into Monday with the Milwaukee Brewers for the lead in the National League Central. But some way, somehow, the Mets, three straight. They won last night, they won Tuesday, they won Monday. Um, We'll start with the beginning of the week. Uh, Monday, and I even said this on Sunday's edition of the Metropolitan Report, which you can go back and check it out. Uh, The starting pitcher on Monday was David Peterson. He went up against Jake Arrieta, and there's been no secret. I've been very, very critical of David Peterson uh, throughout the course of this season, uh, ever since spring training, since we've been covering the team. And I got to say, I was shocked. I'll give credit where credit was due. He had a, a great start, a quality start. Again, I've been very critical of David Peterson. I know I've said some uh, pretty colorful things about the young man, uh, I'm not completely sold on Peterson yet, but if we're going by the, the numbers in the box score here, uh, Peterson pitched six innings on Monday against the Cubs, only allowed one hit, no runs. He walked two and struck out three. So a uh, quality start there for Peterson. Six innings of uh, r- no-run baseball. Uh, Would have liked to have seen less walks and more strikeouts, but uh, I'll, t- I'll still take the quality start nonetheless. Uh, Peterson improved to two and five on the season. His ERA, uh, decreased to 5.60. Uh, I gotta say, I'll give the, I'll give the young man credit where credit is due. He, especially because earlier in the season in April, uh, at Wrigley, uh, Peterson got rocked by the Cubs. So it was good to see him bounce back here. Uh, I, I know I've said in the past that Peterson has nervous mannerisms on the mound uh, his, his body language, his energy all points to him being nervous, but he looked like a seasoned veteran 
uh, on the mound on Monday. And um, I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, David Peterson pitched a heck of a game. Uh, the bullpen held up. The only two runs that were were scored by the Cubs were, was given up by Trevor May. Uh, he allowed two home runs in the game. Aaron Loop won one-thirds inning, struck out two batters. And then Edwin Diaz uh, struck out the side in the top of the ninth to get his uh, save in that game. So, good performance by Peterson. Uh, Edwin Diaz, again, I'm going to sing his praises. Edwin Diaz is looking like the Edwin Diaz that we traded for from the Seattle Mariners when he led all of baseball in saves back in 2018. And we'll we'll get to a little bit more on Edwin Diaz later on. Uh, Tuesday's game, a bit of a scare. Uh, Taiwan Walker was on the hill. He went up against Alec Mills and Taiwan Walker. He looked good. Actually, he looked better than good. He was exceptional. Um, the Mets only used two pitchers the entire, the entire night, Tuesday night. Walker started and Seth Lugo, uh, got the save. He relieved two innings. Uh, Taiwan Walker improved to six and two. He's got a 2.12 ERA. Uh, Walker pitched seven innings in that game, only allowed five hits. Uh, two runs, both runs were earned. Uh, he struck out 12 and, uh, of course allowed one home run, but man, what a line that was and what a game Walker pitched when you only allow two runs on five hits. That's not a bad line, not a bad line at all. And then Seth Lugo, who recently came off injury, uh, not too long ago, pitched two innings, only allowed two hits, walked one, but struck out three. Uh, his ERA on the season is 1.17. And Taiwan Walker, I got to say, for a guy who deep into the offseason, he didn't have a contract offer from any team until February when the Mets came around. And I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, for a guy who came off Tommy John, when I heard the Mets gave him a two-year deal, I scratched my head. But he's looking like the uh, the bargain pick of the offseason because... Hey, uh, he, he's pitching really well. Again, on the season, he's 6-2 and two with a 2.12 ERA. I mean, he had the Tommy John surgery a couple years ago. That's why I was skeptical, but it seems like the Mets won 2-3. DeGrom, Stroman, and Walker, um, they're, they're pretty solid. Uh, as a unit, those three have a combined ERA of 1.96, so that's not bad for your first three pitchers in your rotation. But um, I got to give... I gotta give uh, Sandy Alderson and Zach Scott some credit here. Um, they they seem to have found a diamond in the rough in Taiwan Walker, the former Arizona Diamondback and Seattle Mariner. Walker, great pickup, great, great pickup so far this season. I have no issues with Walker. Uh, earlier in the season, uh, I know I had called him a five-inning five starter. That's not the case here. Each of the last uh, two outings, he's gone over five innings, so... Uh, Taiwan Walker, he, he he's he's pitching really really well, no no complaints there. Uh, the offense too. I mean, well before we even get there, the defense saved the game. Uh, Kevin Pillar with an outfield assist in this game. Can you believe it? Kevin Pillar uh, on that beautiful play in the top of the ninth. Uh, Eric Sogard got a single off Seth Lugo. Jake Marisnik, uh went for home. For some reason, the Cubs' third base coach waved him home. And Pilar hit the cutoff man, Giorme, and Giorme gunned him down. My goodness. 
and caught him by a country mile. So uh, that that play saved the game. The Mets won that game three to two. So a lot a lot to be uh, excited about uh, in Flushing. So I mean, and the offense is clicking. But however, let's get to the big news. So yesterday, or last night, I should say, uh, again the Mets' third game of the series against the Cubs. Uh, Jacob Degrom, who is having a phenomenal season. Uh, a season like that of which we've never seen before out of any pitcher in history. Um, and you look at the, you look at the all-time greats, Randy Johnson, uh, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, uh, Roger Clemens, Sandy Koufax, Cy Young. Uh, the list could just go on and on and on as, as you name some of the greatest pitchers to ever play the game of baseball. But... Um, this is this this is this run is is unheard of. Jacob Degrom, prior to this game, had an ERA of zero point five six. He got the start against the Cubs last night. Um, now there was some concern with Degrom because his start on fr- this past Friday night against the San Diego Padres, he pitched six scoreless innings, but left the game after the sixth inning with elbow discomfort. Uh, and previously, he had the lat inflammation and the right side tightness. So, Jacob deGrom starting to fall apart. Hopefully, that's not the case, but it looks like it. And the cause for concern heightened after last night. Uh, Jacob deGrom was dominating, too. He pitched three innings, allowed no hits, no runs, didn't walk anybody, and struck out eight batters. Now, in order to pitch three innings, you have to face nine batters. Out of the nine batters he faced, he struck out eight of them. So only imagine if he would have stayed in the game longer, what he would have done. But eight Ks in three innings, uh, that that's that's a phenomenal performance. And once again, at the plate, he drove in a run. He had an RBI single as well. Uh, so Jacob DeGrom, although leaving the game after the third inning, he was not eligible for the win. Um, but he has lowered his ERA to 0.54, and he has upped his batting average to 423. Believe it or not, Jacob DeGrom is the Mets' leading hitter, batting average-wise. Uh, and again, he's driven in more runs at the plate than he's allowed on the mound, which is crazy. But the the, the concern, uh, Jacob DeGrom left the game uh, after the third inning. Sean Reed Foley, who uh, was recalled from AAA Syracuse after Jacob Barnes was uh, designated for assignment on, on Sunday after allowing that grand slam to Fernando Tatis Jr. and the back-to-back home run uh, to Manny Machado. He was uh, designated for assignment, so that's some news there. So good to see Reed Foley back on on the Major League Club. But uh, it's a shame that uh, uh, Reed Foley gets a spotlight only after DeGrom goes down in these circumstances. But Jacob DeGrom uh, just said he, he he didn't feel right. His shoulder just didn't feel good the shoulder was sore uh after uh the third inning and um it, for those of you who watched the telecast on uh SNY uh as soon as he got off the mound he went in the dugout and went straight to the tunnel for the clubhouse uh and usually and he did the same thing uh Friday against the Padres so that's always a bad sign um why don't we hear some comments from New York Mets skipper Luis Rojas and Jacob deGrom himself about the shoulder uh guys roll the the rojas footage i mean right right now uh, i'm just getting what what we got tonight uh right the 
he told us what he was feeling. He's feeling some soreness in the um, in his shoulder. And then at the beginning, I am concerned, right? Uh, this thing's happening again, and uh, now we want to find out what it is. Uh, but then uh, during the game, I, I got a report that it was a, we could call it an encouraging report uh, from the initial test that they usually take uh, as far as like uh, trying to figure out the strength um, in his right shoulder compared to his left shoulder and then, you know, both about the same. So uh, talked to Jake after the game and uh, his level of concern is low as well. So we just, let, you know, I think tomorrow uh, should be a, a, a you know, big day as far as like getting some more results from the test and then uh, we, we'll see. So uh, before we get to DeGrom's comments, um, let's just uh, break down and analyze what Rojas said. And, and, and it's and it's weird. It's a weird dynamic because Rojas said that he's concerned, but he said that DeGrom's level of concern is pretty low. So, I mean, of course, um, Jacob knows his own body. Uh, nobody can know what DeGrom is feeling except for himself. But um, it's kind of weird for the manager to have more concern than the uh, than the player. Uh Again, uh, Rojas said that uh, DeGrom came to him with a complaint of, of shoulder soreness. And, of course, when, when one of your star players, uh, the ace of your pitching rotation, no less, tells you uh, he's not feeling right, of, of course, you've got to pull him. you got to do something. Uh, it would be pure negligence to leave him out there hurt. But as somebody who's on the outside looking in myself, I'm concerned because, again, he had the lat, he had the elbow, and now the shoulder. And especially because it all started with the the right side tightness back in St. Louis last month. And then it turned to lat inflammation. The lat inflammation landed him a stint on the 10-day injured list. And then he comes off the injured list. And now the elbow flared up on Friday. And now not even a full week later, uh, five days later, uh, now, all of a sudden, the shoulder is a problem. But uh, let's get to some comments from Jacob DeGrom in his media session he had post-game with Steve Gelbs of SNY. What exactly happened? Was it something that you know happened on a particular pitch or something you had been feeling for a little bit? No, that's what's frustrating. Um, you know, felt good warming up, felt really good in the first and second inning. And then um, there in the third, you know, my shoulder was sore. Um this is getting old, you know, I want to be out there competing and coming out of these games with these little, you know, hopefully this turns out to be nothing, um, you know, said something, hopefully before it was, you know, didn't want it to turn into anything serious, but just, you know, a sh uh, shoulder was sore back of it um, and just wanted to say something to be smart. But like I said, this is frustrating. I want to be out there as, as long as I can be out there. Felt really good uh, tonight early on. And then, you know, like I said, in third, just got pretty sore and uh, said something and that was it. With the lat, the elbow, now the shoulder, do you feel like this is all interconnected or do you feel like it's it's just three separate issues that have been kind of freak? Um, I think it's three separate issues because I think the, you know, lat was something to do with a swing and the elbow, I you know, I didn't think too much of. Um, just, you know, I... I, I, like I said, I was pretty confident that that was nothing. And, you know, I'm pretty confident that this is nothing. You know, I've uh, we did some tests and, and, 
you know, kind of ruled out anything serious and, you know, um, going to go from there. Um, I, the plan is to get it looked at tomorrow and, you know, hopefully check off that box where it's nothing and just, um, you know, get ready to pitch. Uh, hopefully my next one. I mean, I guess we'll just have to see what tomorrow brings. And as you can audibly hear, Jacob deGrom, of course, is frustrated because if it's not one thing, it's the other. But Steve Gelbs asked a very good question because, again, like like we've reiterated uh, previously just a couple minutes ago, uh, first it was the right side tightness, then it was the lat, then it was the elbow, now it's the shoulder. Steve Gelbs asked uh, DeGrom, do you think that all those injuries are connected or do you think they're all isolated? And DeGrom's answer was very concerning because he said he doesn't think they're connected, which to me means is his body breaking down because first the lat is inflamed, then the, the, the elbow goes and now the shoulder. I would feel better personally if they were all connected. If they were all connected, that means it's a central issue and you treat the central issue and everything stemming from that issue should heal if you treat it. But three different body parts all going on their own and they're not interconnected is 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 the workload of a starter too much for DeGrom? Is, is he throwing harder and that's what the issue is? Um, he, he, he's batting significantly well. Jacob deGrom has never, um, had a season at the plate like he's having now. Is it because he's now successful as a hitter and he's not used to being successful as a hitter? Um, and because he's worked on his swing, is, is that why his body's breaking down? Because before all he had to do was pitch, um, what was the stress of 2020, uh, uh, playing into any of these injuries? We don't know. Again, like, like I said in, in one of our spring training episodes, um, last year was a marathon, not a sprint. So a lot of these teams played 60 games in 56 days or so. So did that, is are, are those lingering effects from 2020 causing these injuries? Uh, DeGrom's not that old. Jacob DeGrom's not that old at all. He's only 32. We've seen pitchers uh, in the majors previously who were in top form in their 30s. So, I, uh, I I don't know what it could be. Can't put my finger on it. Um, it's clearly frustrating uh, DeGrom because he, he can't put his finger on it. But it's a bit concerning to hear that the three injuries are not related. Um, especially because when you look at the anatomy of, of the human body, you can make a trail from the lat down to 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 the shoulder to the elbow so uh it remains to be seen uh jacob Degrom is uh slated to undergo tests and mris today so uh past today we will know or not even past today but later on today i should say uh we will know uh what's going on with jacob Degrom. but uh we're gonna take a break and uh when we come back from the break we're gonna discuss this sticky substance situation and the crackdown going on around it around Major League Baseball. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar Jr. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, because trust me, that's crazy. 
Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Alonzo here from the New York Mets, and uh, I'm here with Alfred, and I just want to say thank you so much to all you guys for listening to the Metropolitan Report. It's a really awesome show. You got some great insight on Mets baseball, and um, yeah, it's I mean, it's a great place where Mets baseball is talked about, and we got a lot of really fun stuff coming up this year. It's just been absolutely tremendous, so thank everybody for listening to the Metropolitan Report, and uh, Alfred, keep doing your thing, and as always, LFGM. Welcome back to the Metropolitan Report. Um, before the break, uh, I did say that we were going to talk about this sticky substance uh, controversy that's going on and the ban and crackdown around it. Um, this is a major thing sweeping through Major League Baseball. Uh, all of these rules and protocols will go into effect uh, this coming Monday, June 21st. That just happens to be the same day that the Mets host the Atlanta Braves in a doubleheader. Uh, so two games uh, that day uh, to make up for the rainout uh, last month. And in reading these new rules and these bans and these crackdowns, uh, Major League Baseball, Commissioner Rob Manfred, they are not playing whatsoever. Um, they really, really, really uh, want to crack down on pitchers uh, putting substances on these baseballs to alter spin rates and all this other type of stuff. Uh, there have been pitchers around the league like Trevor Bauer, for example, who have been openly critical about Commissioner Manfred and Major League Baseball cracking down on these sticky substances. Of course, pitchers uh, already use rosin uh, to put on the baseball uh, to pitch. But uh, here we go with the with the substance, and we'll we'll talk about uh, the rules that are going into effect. Uh, pretty much, the umpires also have all the power in this thing. Uh, the players don't have any power. Um, if caught, if caught, the clubs, the teams, if you will, they don't have any power. Uh, let so let's get into it. So, uh, pitchers will be ejected and suspended for ten games for using illegal foreign substances to doctor baseballs. Uh, in this crackdown by Major League Baseball, which will start, again, this upcoming Monday, June 21st. Uh, the commissioner's office uh, responded to record strikeouts and league batting averages that have reached a half-century low. And major and minor league umpires will start regular checks of all pitchers, even if the opposing managers do not request the inspections. So like I said just a few seconds ago, uh, the umpires have all the power. So, like, let's say, for example, uh, like, like on Monday, the Mets will play the Braves. So, let's say uh, Marcus Stroman, just hypo hypothetically speaking, uh, the umpire suspects him of using a sticky substance or a banned substance on the baseball. Uh, the Braves skipper, Brian Snitker, does not have to request an inspection. The umpire can inspect the pitcher at will. So whenever he wants to, uh, pretty much. Uh, also, repeat offenders will receive progressive discipline, and teams and club employees will be subject to discipline for failure to comply. Uh, so pretty much what that means, uh, it's similar to like the MLB substance abuse policy. Uh, you get caught more than once. Each time you get caught, uh, the punishment is more severe than the previous infraction. Uh, the umpires will perform period checks of all starting and relief pitchers on both teams throughout each game. Starters will be subject to more than one mandatory check each game, 
and relief pitchers must be checked once they conclude an inning in which they enter the game or when they are removed from a game, whichever comes first. So uh, pretty much uh, the starters will be checked more than once to see if they're using banned substances. And uh, relievers, uh, they'll be checked once they finish an inning or once they get pulled from a game, uh, again, whichever happens first. Uh, catchers will be subject to routine inspections as well, and position players can even be searched. So this is not just affecting the pitchers. This is affecting, by God, the whole team. So this is a, is a complete crackdown. And again, the umpires have all the power. If, if the umpire decides in the middle of an inning or even in the middle of a, of a count, say the count is 2-1 on the batter, uh, the umpire can halt the at-bat and say, hey, I'm going to check you. And neither team can do anything about it. So again, the umpire, th this is a crazy amount of power. Never in one sport have officials ha had all the power. You don't see this in the NBA. You don't see it in the NFL. So th this is uh, uncharted territory here. But um, I'll continue reading out these rules. Uh, the pitcher will be responsible for foreign substances found on the catchers and the position players. A position player will not be ejected for possession of a foreign substance unless the umpire can determine that the player was applying it to a ball to aid a pitcher. Violators are subject to ejection and decisions are not subject to replay review. Players who refuse to cooperate with an inspection will be presumed to be in violation of the rules and subsequently ejected and suspended. Club employees who assist players in using or masking foreign substances or who refuse to cooperate or who fail to report violations will also be subject to fines and suspensions. So this this is some pretty heavy stuff because if the umpire wants to check you and you don't comply, it's like, all right, automatically guilty. So just for saying no to an inspection, a player can be ejected and suspended automatically. Um, and again, this is heavy stuff because... I mean, the bat boy, the ball boy, they, they can all go too. According to what I'm seeing here, club employees who assist players uh, in using these substances, um, they can be fined and suspended too. So it's not even just the players. Uh, and, and, check, and now this is the, the icing on the cake, which really punishes uh, the, the club as a whole. So even if you decide to be selfish as a player and try to gain an unfair advantage, your team is also going to get punished. So I guess this is a real, um, these crackdowns are a real deterrent to try to get uh, people to not use these substances. But check this out. It says that players who are suspended will not be replaced on the active roster. So that's heavy because a major league roster is 26 men deep and... Let's say, for example, and again, we're just hypothetically speaking, but let's just say, I don't know, Sean Reed Foley got caught with a substance. Now he's suspended 10 games. The Mets are not allowed to sign a free agent to replace him. They are not allowed to call anybody up to replace him. So now the team has to play shorthanded. So if a pitcher gets caught and your catcher gets caught, now, instead of having 26 guys on the active roster for a game, you're down to 24. So that's that's the heavy blow. So if somebody decided to try to be selfish and sneaky, 
not only did you cost yourself because now you can't play for 10 games, but now your your club is going to be shorthanded. And that's going to hurt because, as we know, starting pitchers pitch every five days. So if a starter gets caught, the rotation for at least the next 10 games is cut down to four starters. So those four guys are, are not going to get their, their usual rest. Bullpens. You usually don't see a reliever pitch in consecutive games more than twice. After two consecutive games, that that that's rough. Imagine you get a reliever or two suspended from this rule. Players getting caught with these infractions have major ramifications for their team. So, this is this is serious. I've 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 never seen in any sport any type of of ruling like this where you're suspending players and the team the teams are 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 are, are going to suffer ultimately as well uh rosin bags will continue to be allowed however rosin cannot be combined with sunscreen or other substances and pitchers are being told explicitly not to use sunscreen after sunset in outdoor stadiums and not to use it at all in indoor ballparks uh, the umpires will inspect the rosin bags before games to make sure they're standard. Um, when questioned why going so heavy on these crackdowns, uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred released a statement saying, and I quote, After an extensive process of repeated warnings without effect, gathering information from current and former players and ac others across the sport, two months of comprehensive data collection, listening to our fans and thoughtful deliberation, I have determined that new enforcement of foreign substances is needed to level the playing field. Uh, apparently, back on March 23rd, Major League Baseball told teams it would increase monitoring, and they initiated the steps that included collecting balls taken out of play from every team and, analy and analyzing uh, spin rate data. So, um, apparently, this has been a problem uh, for a long time, and compared to... 20 30 years ago um we're seeing teams and we're seeing all-star players and a lot of players they're striking out way more than normal or way more than what we've been accustomed to um you're seeing a lot of guys uh, like look at the Mets roster um a lot of guys hitting in the 200s some of them under 200 uh Francisco Lindor has been under the Mendoza line most of this season and I guess uh, taking into account, you have all these players across all these teams in the league uh, with, with with horrid batting averages, and you're seeing way more strikeouts. The amount of strikeouts skyrocketing year to year to year. So I'm guessing that they think something is going on. And again, we've seen uh, this season alone, uh, and I and I and I pointed it out on a, a few editions ago of the report um st louis cardinals pitcher giovanni gallegos he had a foreign substance on the bill of his cap and umpire joe west uh forced him to change his hat well now the crackdowns get more serious you get caught um you will be suspended 10 games your roster spot will not be replaced um compared to the other things a player can get suspended for substance abuse with drugs of course not sticky substances um, domestic violence being put on uh, the ineligible list 
uh, for having trouble with the law and all these other various things. Um, this is the only infraction where a player could get suspended and their roster spot can't get replaced. Uh, the only thing here is that players who are suspended will be suspended with pay, which um, this is the only infraction right now in the majors where a player can be suspended and still be paid. But nonetheless, again, I don't think anybody would want to hurt their team because, again, if you're a pitcher, either you're coming out of the bullpen and now that's more work for your teammates in the bullpen or as a starter, that is the worst thing that could happen because now you throw off the rest of the other four guys in the rotation. And also, from in my personal opinion, if I was on a pitching staff, I wouldn't want to get suspended under these rules because you don't want to be the guy or a guy who has a reputation of being a known cheater. Because even after you serve your 10-game suspension, you're just is going to be a is going to be a bad look on you. It's going to be a stain on you because you were known as a guy who even after they told you that these are the consequences, you still did it anyway and managed to get caught. And there will be players who will get caught because, again, there are mandatory inspections. Starters are going to be checked more than one time per game. Relievers, once the inning is over, or once they get pulled, they're going to get checked. And. These umpires, a lot of these umpires, like Joe West, Ron Culpa, they're not dumb. These MLB umpires, are, are a lot of them are veterans. Many of them have officiated 20 years, 25 years, 30, some of them 40 years. So it, it'll be interesting to see um, who gets caught, if anybody gets caught, and how teams react to their players getting caught and not being able to replace them. Uh, I think this is good for the game. Uh, again, um, I've stated on the Metropolitan Report previously that I think that uh, integrity needs to come back to Major League Baseball. Of course, Major League Baseball has been an organization, and baseball as a whole has been a sport ridden by scandal, whether you look at Pete Rose and the betting, or you look at uh, even you want to go further back, uh, the, the Chicago White Sox Black, so Black Sox scandal. Um, or even the steroid era of the late nineties and to the mid two thousands baseball forever has needed a cleanup and uh, kudos to commissioner Manfred for, um, attempting to, to clean up the sport once more. Um, there, there's no room in baseball and, or, or sports in general for cheating. And if it is indeed true that the correlation between record low batting averages and record high strikeouts has to do with uh, sticky substances on the baseballs then, and unfair advantages, then those sticky substances need to go and the cheaters need to to be caught and they need to be punished. And uh, that's my opinion. Uh, we're going to take one more break, and then when we come back, we'll look ahead to the Mets' future schedule. Do you have an event that needs a design? How about planning? You can take care of all your event needs with ARJ Signature Design, run by Alnisa Reed Jenkins, where you can get custom floral designs, event designs, set designs, as well as retail and commercial installs. You can get all that done by Alnisa Reed Jenkins of ARJ Signature Design with event planning and event designing, and is also a family-run business. Again, that's ARJ Signature Design, 
and you can go ahead and get your free consultation by contacting Miss Reed Jenkins at arjsignaturedesign.com. They do a great job, and again, if you need any event florals, custom floral designs, or set design, whether you're commercial, retail, or personal, ARJ Signature Design can get the job done for you. Again, that's arjsignaturedesign.com for your free consultation now. And we're back on the Metropolitan Report. Um, we're going to take a look at the Mets' upcoming schedule. Um, they play five games in the next four days. So uh, later tonight at 7.10 p.m., um, the Cubs uh, play the finale of their series against the Mets. Uh, they're going to have Kyle Hendricks on the hill. Hendricks has a record of eight wins, four losses with a 4.46 ERA. And the Mets counter with Marcus Stroman, who's been phenomenal this season. Uh, he's got a record of 6-4 and four with a 2.33 ERA. Uh, from there, the Mets uh, have a short visit on the road. Uh, they play the Washington Nationals on Friday. They play them again on Saturday uh, in a doubleheader. So there are two games that day. And then they uh, wrap that series up on Sunday before coming home for a seven-game homestand. Um, so we'll give predictions up till Sunday because, of course, the next edition of the Metropolitan Report will be Sunday night uh, into Monday morning. So uh, we'll have a report for you there after the Washington game. Uh, so I personally think that the Mets are going to sweep the Cubs. Uh, Marcus Stroman has the momentum. His last three starts have all been quality starts. Uh, I don't see this Mets team... Uh, losing again, despite the fact that Hendricks is eight and four on the year, uh, I think Stroman and the Mets get another win. I think the Mets also are going to take at least three out of four from Washington. Uh, scheduled to start on Friday, it's Eric Fetty against Joey Lucchese. Uh I think that'll be the game the Mets lose. Uh, two games uh, on the docket for Saturday. Uh, neither game. Uh, has a pitching matchup to be determined yet. And then Sunday's pitching matchup, the probables are Patrick Corbin, who just had a, a lights-out start yesterday, uh, takes on Taiwan Walker, who is 6-2 with a 2.12 ERA. Uh, so I do think that the Mets win tonight and sweep the Cubs, and then I do think they take three out of four from the Washington Nationals. Uh, their schedule beyond that, this is crazy, um, Monday, they're back home. So they only go on the road for the weekend. They come back home Monday for a double header against the Atlanta Braves, which I will personally be in the stands for. So I'll be at the game tonight against the Cubs and the double header Monday, as well as the games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So, um, I've got a, a heck of a schedule <laughs> personally, uh, for Mets games. I'll be at the entire Atlanta series as well. They have an off day Thursday before they play the Phillies for a three game set. And then they play one game away in Washington, and then they go to Atlanta again. So, a pretty interesting schedule. Again, uh, I'm not going to make predictions past Sunday because we have another Metropolitan Report after the Washington game on Sunday. So, again, I think tonight the Mets sweep the Cubs. They complete the sweep and win the fourth game. And then, uh, again, I predict uh, they'll take three out of four uh, from the Washington Nationals. So I've said everything there is to say, and the only thing left to say is, let's go Mets.